Welcome to Point of Pivot. This is a podcast for ladies who are on a journey to reclaim their health, fitness, and confidence. I'm your host, Emily Eboa, a wife, mother, and nutrition coach who understands what it's like to be frustrated and spin her wheels looking for results with weight loss. Together, we'll dive into the world of macro counting, resistance training, and explore how to create sustainable behavior change. I'll be sharing tips and strategies to help empower you to shift your mindset, habits, and behaviors to finally be able to break free from feeling stuck and disappointed and to discover how to sustain results for life. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Point of Pivot. This is episode 15, and today I'm going to be talking about the importance of sleep for weight loss. So you guys all know that I'm all about fueling your body properly, about balancing your nutrition and lifting weights and getting activity, but there is definitely one piece that is so important to weight loss. And this kind of goes hand in hand with stress because a lack of it will cause chronic stress and that is sleep. And it's true that the quality and quantity of your sleep can play a massive role in your overall health and wellness. And so I want to talk about that today. I'm going to touch on why it's especially important during the perimenopause and menopause years for women and just how to improve it, um, how much you should be getting, and hopefully answer all of those questions. Okay, so maybe you're thinking, why is sleep such a big deal? Well, inadequate sleep can actually really hinder your weight loss goals. But not only that, but it can also cause a host of other health problems too. If you think of your sleep as kind of like a recharge of battery, it's kind of like your body's secret weapon. And it helps your body to be able to detoxify, restore. It's kind of like the lead domino really. It not only can hinder your weight loss goals, but it also can increase your risk of disease. And I really recommend that everybody get seven to nine hours of sleep optimally, um, a minimum of seven hours, because you really need that time to be able to renew and restore. If you don't get optimal sleep, your brain basically can't process information very well. And we all know what that feels like. I mean, if you don't get enough sleep, you kind of feel foggy and groggy, and maybe you're a little more sensitive and emotional. Um, and that's that's what happens when we don't get enough sleep. You can't really manage stress. Your emotions can be all over the place. You also can have an increase in blood pressure. And like I was saying, it it compromises your immune system. And the link between that weight gain and sleep deprivation is also very real and it's very well studied. And so why you might ask, okay, well, why is that? Why would a lack of sleep cause problems if your goal is to lose weight? So if our hormones need to be in harmony. So if one one thing never is in isolation. So one thing affects another thing. And when we don't get enough sleep, it actually can affect our appetite too. Um, our appetite is actually controlled by neurotransmitters. So those are chemical messengers that allow neurons or nerve cells to communicate with one another. And so if we're not getting enough sleep, then that does not work the best that it should. And so according to the Sleep Foundation, these neurotransmitters, which are ghrelin and leptin, control hunger and satiety. So ghrelin controls your hunger and leptin controls your satiety or your awareness of your fullness, I guess. Um, 
And so ghrelin promotes that hunger and then leptin promotes feeling full and the body naturally increases and decreases the levels of these neurotransmitters throughout the day. So it'll tell you, you know, when you need to eat, basically tells you when you're hungry and then when you're full. But if we don't get enough sleep, these neurotransmitters can become dysregulated. So that will then cause an increased appetite or decreased satiety. So maybe you, you know, you feel really hungry, but then when you eat, you still like you're just ravenous. Well, that can be because your neurotransmitters or hunger hormones are off a little bit. So if we constantly feel hungry and not satisfied, then it's very likely that we will have a hard time adhering to our macros or our calorie goals, and we may overconsume. Another issue with less than optimal sleep is that sleep deprivation has been shown in studies to cause a decrease in insulin sensitivity. And in some studies, this has been shown to be up to 30%, which is actually really Um, kind of a lot. And basically, the less sensitive you are to insulin, the less you are able to process glucose. So if you remember, when you eat carbs, which is your body's preferred energy source, the carbs are converted into glucose. So when you're insulin resistant, your blood sugar levels can elevate, which then will put you at an increased risk for type 2 diabetes and cause you to struggle with weight loss as well. Another study showed that when women restricted sleep by about six hours or less per night over six weeks, that they had an increase in insulin resistance by about 14, almost 15%. And this was among both pre and postmenopausal women. And the postmenopausal women, which means about a year after menopause, um, with those women, they had a an insulin resistance level as high as about 20%. It's just, it affects so many things. And so if our goal is weight loss, it's really important to try to to control the controllables, to try to improve as many areas in our lives as we can. And a lack of sleep really can cause you to have a struggle. Um, Lack of sleep will increase your stress hormones. And as I talked about in my episode on stress, all of that can really affect your ability to be able to lose body fat. Um, Another thing that happens when we have a lack of sleep is that our stress hormone cortisol will stay high. So remember, we want our hormone cortisol. It's higher in the morning. Um, It's the hormone that causes us to be able to wake up and kind of be alert and ready for the day. So when we first wake up, our cortisol levels need to kind of rise a little bit and then cause the melatonin levels to go down a little bit. And that's part of what helps us wake up in the morning. So it's really beneficial to get outside, maybe go for a walk and get some sunlight first thing in the morning to kind of help that level of cortisol come up and the melatonin to go down. But when cortisol, so that's one a little side note here, cortisol isn't all bad, but it's when our cortisol or stress hormone levels are elevated all the time that it causes chronic stress and causes a host of other problems. And when we have too high of cortisol levels all the time, it'll increase inflammation too, and then causes an imbalance in the hormone adenosine, 
causing that brain fog and not being able to think clearly. So it's kind of like how you might feel if you were intoxicated from drinking too much alcohol. Um, By the way, alcohol consumption also can affect our sleep. It's really not good for really anything. (laughs) Um, But sleep helps our body to work properly and helps us to be able to lose weight it's it's just like I was saying, nothing is in isolation. So if something is off, we need to look at what we can work on, the big rocks basically, that we can we can work on to improve our overall health. But when we don't get enough sleep, it it causes us to not be able to recover and repair properly, to gain muscle, to be able to regulate our blood sugar. It when we don't get enough sleep, obviously our hunger and satiety cues are not in check. Um, and so we need to make sure that we can do what we can and improve our sleep so that we can put as many things in our favor as possible. So in addition, even if we maintain a calorie deficit in spite of those increased hunger cues and cravings and things, the greater proportion of that weight that's lost will be from muscle and not fat. This is not what we want. We want muscle because it increases our metabolic rate. And good sleep is key in that. So it's key in supporting both that metabolic and also muscular health. And a lot of times too, many women don't have trouble falling asleep, or at least that's what I've kind of been my experience from things I've heard from the ladies I've worked with. But a lot of times women will wake between 1 and 3 a.m. and maybe will struggle to fall back asleep again. And sometimes this can be, if you're a woman at or near menopause, that can sometimes be from hot flashes and things like that. But um this often is because our stress hormone cortisol has spiked. And so when that cortisol spikes, it lowers melatonin and then it destroys sleep. So that's why another reason that overall balance in the body is so important. And, you know, as I, as I already said, nothing is an isolation. One thing affects another, which affects another. So we want to try to control as many of those controllables as possible to improve our overall health. So how can we actually improve sleep? So just a few tips for you on ways that you can do that. Um, Number one is routine is important. So your body definitely loves consistency. So sticking to a sleep schedule is really an important thing. And for me personally, I have kind of a pre-sleep ritual that I do that's the same every night. And this is kind of, I, I think of it a lot of times like when my kids were little, we had a bedtime routine, you know, that was the same. And what it does is it kind of helps your body know what to expect next and helps you to wind down. And so for me right now in my, where I am in my life currently, I pretty much every night will have some tea. I have my nightly protein shake a a little bit before bed. I don't recommend eating like directly before you go to sleep, but I probably have my shake anywhere from one to two hours before I go to sleep. Um, This works for me. You need to kind of also pay attention to your own body. A lot of, a lot, actually a couple of my clients say that they feel better if they stop eating prior to about 7 p.m. So just kind of see what works for you. But I, this is what I do. I have my my nightly protein shake. I do a little setup for the next day. So like this can look like um, journaling or brain dumping. Sometimes I will 
just write down the things that I need to do, add that to my time blocking for the next day, or put my to-do list in my Asana app, which I love. Um, Also reading and devotions, um, things like that. Especially, I think a brain dump is really important if you tend to be someone that has maybe racing thoughts that keep you awake at night. A brain dump really can help because it actually, you know, you're able to kind of release that and you don't have to sit there and ruminate on it. Um, another thing that I do is I take a magnesium glycinate supplement to help me wind down. I have it in a powder form and I just mix it with a little bit of water and then I, I shower or have a warm bath at night. Um, reading is always really good. Also, it's really important to try to reduce or eliminate the use of any electronics. So your phone or at least use like blue light blocking glasses to um, help not help it not to stimulate your brain and keep you awake. Um, some other supplements that can help with improve and help to improve your sleep are L-theanine and then, like I said, that magnesium glycinate. Those are both really good for sleep. Uh, the second tip is to create a calming sleep environment. So you want to definitely have a dark, cool, and quiet room. Um, and that will definitely help. Also a weighted blanket can be great. I used to have a lot of trouble sleeping and my weighted blanket, I would definitely say helped me a lot with feeling, um, ready for sleep. So in summary, here is some basic sleep protocols that you might want to implement. So getting sunshine first thing in the morning, taking a morning walk to help your cortisol level come up and melatonin to go down. When you go to sleep, try using a weighted blanket, keep your room dark, cool, and quiet, and eliminate that blue light as much as possible. Um, Go to bed about the same time every night. Our bodies really love consistency. And then also stop eating one to two hours prior to sleep and also try to have a wind down routine. So something like tea, reading, journaling, brain dumping, etc. And then if you still struggle, maybe try taking magnesium glycinate and L-theanine to improve your sleep. So I hope that today's podcast has been helpful for you and hopefully it encourages you to try to get those optimal seven to nine hours of sleep. Uh, Sleep is one of those big rocks that you want to have in place if your goal is weight loss. But as always, I thank you so much for listening today. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Emily Eboa Coaching. And if you feel so compelled, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Those really help to be able to um, get this podcast out to more people that maybe it would be helpful for. So again, thank you for being here. I appreciate you and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening today. As always, if you have questions or comments or things you'd like to see on future episodes, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Emily underscore Eboa underscore coaching. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love it if you would leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.